Admittedly, belief in Jesus' resurrection requires faith. But having faith that Jesus is raised from the grave is completely reasonable. Every bit as reasonable as the myriads of other expert opinions we accept on faith every day on any number of topics. In this week's sermon, Pastor Kelly preached on John 20, 24-29, where Thomas expresses his willful doubt of the risen Christ until he can get some tangible evidence. Today, we'll be discussing questions around these verses and more. Stay tuned from Glen Ellen Bible Church. I'm Matt Marone. I'm John Vanderbilt. We miss Beth Moss. And I'm Kelly Brady. And this is episode number 196 of the Next All Level Podcast. Over All over my life. Help me remember Good afternoon. And where is Beth Moss? She is a close contact, apparently, with somebody. She's MIA. Still going on. The Rona. The Rona. COVID is still going around. Yeah. We had a close contact for the worship team this past yeah. weekend, and piano player had to sit out. Such right. a bummer. Yeah. You know, obviously, it's funny, like, every time I'll get that text from someone, you know, and it'll be like, you know, sorry, I have close contact, and... My, I start texting, you know, back like, oh, bummer, okay. And then Jennifer's like, don't forget to pray for them and and tell them you hope they don't get it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's still like a thing. There needs to be a word for that. They, so you can just like type the, like just text the one word that is like, I hope you don't get it. Sorry you had it. I'm praying for you. You know, it's like, it's like, you know. Excellence. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> like, I'm covering you and all that thing. I know, yeah, yeah. It's hard to. It's like, of course, I don't want you to get coronavirus. Like, right. But it, you know, it's just it's, we're so long into it now that my kids sent me a video today. It was Andrew, my oldest, sent a video to the family um, text feed. It was a video shot a year ago today when all my college kids were home and in the house and bored to tears and they were beating on each other. <laughs> Huh. <laughs> like a big pillow fight. You're right. right. I, I was like, oh, quarantine. Oh. The good old days. <laughs> the early days. Was that quarantine. when they built the squat rack? Yeah. They built the squat rack. Yes. They did some things. They started a knife sharpening company. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Is that still going on? No. Oh. But I'm I got sorry. the machine. <laughs> <laughs> did you buy I, the did you buy the machine? I might have. <laughs> <laughs> so far, they didn't break even. <laughs> Just kidding. They sharpened my lawnmower blades. I should mine I too. In, should I ins yeah. insert the t-shirt offer now? <laughs> still trying to... <laughs> yeah, I need to do my lawnmower blade again. I love this this time where like, pretty much no one has mowed their yard except for the people that are really in, you know what I mean? Really bored. Or like, you know, they actually Empty like nesters. they actually like care for their yard really a lot. And but you look out at everybody's yards and it's just spots, like really yeah, tall patches and right. then like Surge yellow grow. patches. <laughs> like yeah. I wonder, I wonder where their dog goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, for us, all the neighborhood kids and our kids play right in the middle of our yard. It's true. constantly. Yeah. So yeah. our yard is like you know two inches, and then the, there's just this a patch turf in the middle, just <laughs> like yeah, a putting green. Totally. It is like a putting green. <laughs> so we had an exciting Sunday yesterday right big day shout out to you john thanks for your hard work on the live stream yeah no problem so I, it was great for those who don't know we made a a pretty big shift from what we've been doing for the last eight or nine ten months maybe more where we've been pre-recording 54 weeks 54 weeks <laughs> not that we've been counting pre I mean, no one's counting <laughs> pre-recording our services on thursday and Correct. that's what our online experience has been. And so now, starting yesterday and moving forward, 
we are live streaming our first nine o'clock service. Yes. Meaning when you engage uh, on our YouTube channel, um, you will see it happening live at nine o'clock on a Sunday morning. Yep. Which is really cool, but obviously that is way different from a technical perspective. Yeah. And yeah. logistics perspective than just pre-recording something on a Thursday. Right. Yeah. We used to put out, you know, the video is available kind of late Saturday night um, or early Sunday morning. We'd let everybody know 6 a.m. You're ready to go. And now it starts later. So at nine, but it's available, um, you know, forever. It's recorded. And so if you want to watch at 10, you're able to watch at 10. If you want to watch yeah. Did we get many viewers? Yeah, we to did. our live stream. We did. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, I think it'll take some time to kind of re educate. Yeah. We actually have, you know, our online numbers have, they've kind of, I would say, stabilized. Yep. I mean, they're a huge surge, you know. My mother and who else? Yeah. Is watching. <laughs> <laughs> a huge, you know, surge. And then it, you know, it kind of waned because, you know, video fatigue and right. people, you know, don't watch regularly. And then when everybody started to come back to church, or a lot of folks started coming back to church, it kind of settled into, you know, it's it's normalized. And so um, we saw the same kind of last last week with uh, a shift from people watching the the recorded to actually tuning yeah. in. So I was, was a little. We were all on the worship team. We were all just a little uneasy just because it's the first time and yeah. and there's no editing. So, you know, with Thursdays, we, we do our thing. And if we mess up on something, we just go back and do it again. Yeah, right. And then I take the music and I, I edit it a little bit of it if it needs it and fix stuff and make yep. it sound good. But with a live stream, it just goes out there. Yeah. And whatever you did, you did. And it's out there forever. And yep. there's some really fun Instagram accounts like <laughs> yeah. Worship Fails. You don't want to be on that, do you? <laughs> no, that was our joke in the morning. It's like, ooh, let's not be on Worship Fails. Yeah. But um, no, it was a little awkward just knowing like that that was happening. There was a, and then, and then it got fine. Like, yeah. You know, it's just something you you get used to, right? Yeah. And there, you know, for those of you that tuned into the live stream, there it certainly wasn't a perfect experience. Like user uh, interactions and how it all went, we're, we'll continue to get better every single week and. There's an uh, added produ uh, production element that we're, which is a lack of a better term. We're not, we're not all about the production here at GBC, but there's a, a production element, you know, cameras and switching views and, and should I wear audio makeup? And Would makeup help? Yes, you should. A white wig? And you should put it on yourself <laughs> at about 845 <laughs> a.m. Hey, another big thing yesterday was the third service was mask optional. It was. Yeah. And about 20% took advantage of it. I did. I, I went no mask. My point being, You're free it's to. optional. Right. If, you, if, you, if you want to choose that, go for it. If not... Yeah. You're totally no comfortable and yep. But so. it's not like people ripped their masks off and threw it up like a graduation hat or no, something. No, we didn't have a, yes. a, ma you know, a mask burning. Apparently people are yeah, mask burning parties are gonna take over here pretty soon. It was nice seeing it was nice watching people's mouths move yeah. again during from being on the platform and leading music. It was just nice to see people singing again. Yeah. I did have somebody uh talk to you this week who um is still kind of cautious and concerned and wants to be that, you know, kind of be careful. And for those of you that listen and are thinking about coming back, the, the 9am service is, is totally masked from entry to exit. And people are, um, 
fastidious. Yeah, I mean, people are taking that serious. Um, I, I've actually heard uh, congregants kind of talk to each other and say, hey, this is the mask service, you know, make sure you have it on kind of a thing. Um, and there's not a police force. We're not like... <laughs> No, we rely we're not on like the air airlines you know, <laughs> like or anything. Us. We don't have 57 no. reminders going. We just rely but, on peer pressure. Yeah. <laughs> Shame and guilt. <laughs> um, so anyway, if you if you're if you want to if you're concerned that, you know, there's a direction of taking everything off at every single service all the time or whatever, there's not. You can be um, masked up, socially distanced still at 9 a.m. and kind of a modified at 1015 and then um, freedom to choose at I should, I should say there's been no indication zero that, that we're transmitting the virus in our uh, protocols here so yeah. we feel really thankful about that yes so, so we'll continue to to move and change and open up and drop restrictions where we out. can and yeah should we jump in yes all right here we go question number one was Jesus' mother at the tomb on resurrection morning? I can't figure out who all the Marys are in the Gospels. Help. Um, this is where you sing Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know? No, dude, right. Like that was, he had that right on the tip of his tongue. That was pretty good. I was on there. Yeah, you were right. Okay. You clap on key and you <laughs> sing on key. <laughs> Not many people got my blinker fluid joke. They got it in first they service. They did. It's all delivery. It, I didn't deliver as well second and third, so... All right, so <laughs> the Marys. So Which has nothing to do with this no. question. <laughs> Easter morning, I uh, read from Mark chapter 16, when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus' body. So we've got two Marys there, um, and someone asked me after worship, on Sunday, hey, I meant to get this into the podcast, didn't get it in. Can you sort through the Marys who were at the tomb? I said, yeah, I'll give that a shot. And this particular person wanted to know, when it says Mary, the mother of James, is that Mary, the mother of Jesus, too? Because Jesus had a brother, half-brother, named uh, James. So <laughs> why do you have to qualify with the half? I don't know. <laughs> Divine. They're brothers. <laughs> same parents in the same house. <laughs> Do you think Jesus picked on his little brothers? Not in a sinful way. <laughs> in a beautiful way. <laughs> what way is that? There's a line that he... <laughs> he didn't cross. He, yeah. he had to have felt all the temptation of it, though. <laughs> of, so of the noogie. Right. Rubbing right. your brother's head till it bleeds. Yeah. All right. Because we know that Mary, the mother of Jesus, had a son named James, many assume that the Mary mentioned here is also the, Mar uh, the mother of Jesus. Why? Well... Uh, because after giving birth to Jesus, Mary went on to have several other kids, one of which was named James. He wrote the, the Bible book, James, as well as a son named Joseph, Simon, Judas, who wrote the book of Jude, and a couple of daughters as well. And so in the Gospels, uh, we're made aware that Mary went on to have other children. But there is another follower of Jesus whose name is also Mary, and get this, she had a son named James, often referred to as James the Younger or James the Lesser. He was a disciple. And to complicate matters, that Mary also had another boy named Joseph or Joseph. So there are two Marys in the Gospels who had sons with names James and Joseph. And so it's easy to get this tied up. 
And suffice it to say, I don't think this is Mary, the mother of Jesus. I think this is Mary, the mother of James the Lesser, which is, and if you want text reference, it's Matthew 27, 61. But there's debate about who it is. So, Okay. So it's fair that the question asker was not knowing. And there's a, there's a, there are other Marys, too. Mary, the mother of uh, Cloopus or Clopus. So there, there's a, a lot of Marys. It just kind of points to the fact that there were common names then, as there are common names now. Mary was a common name. Jesus was a, a fairly common name. James and Joseph, obviously. So. How did Jays? Yeah. All right, next question. I like what you had to say about how we accept expert opinion in every area of our life. For example, doctors, mechanics, etc. And on that basis, we should accept the expert opinion of John. But we also change doctors and mechanics when we lose confidence in them. By comparison, are we to change religions when we lose confidence in Jesus? No. <laughs> but, but even more to the point, um, the good news is that you will never have a reason to lose confidence in, in Jesus. And, you know, all analogies break down at some point. And I'm glad that someone pointed out here the weakness in my comparison between uh, the testimony of Scripture and the testimony of a doctor or a mechanic. So uh, they did say that they liked what you had to say, though. They started yeah, off nice yeah. and then they went for the punch. No. I figured this question was common because it's good. you, it's well, good. because you, I think they, you said something like, um, it would be like it's not a good way to live or it would be an exhausting way to live to just question and everything right. not just follow and so i thought well yeah yes but also in some fields like you know it's would be it would be silly to not get a second opinion yes when a doctor yeah. says you have terminal cancer right. you better go get a second and a yeah. third and a fourth right. right like so back to the point that we'll never have reason to lose confidence in Jesus. And this is why presenting the gospel with clarity is of the utmost importance. It all comes down to how we're presenting the gospel. If the gospel is presented as a promise of health and wealth and ease, then people are going to lose confidence in the gospel, in Christ. It's like when a doctor tells us that it's going to, whatever we're suffering with is going to go away in a couple of weeks and it doesn't go away. He, he set us up, or she, the doctor has set us up for disappointment. It hadn't gone away. So then, to Matt's point, we'll go get a second opinion. We'll change doctors, try to figure out what's really going on. But if the gospel is presented accurately, if it's presented with clarity as Jesus presented it and as the New Testament authors presented it, then we will know the importance the importance of enduring, persevering through hard times. We're going to expect in this world we will have trouble. That the gospel isn't offered to us as a, uh, what is the word panacea, as a cure-all, a, a, a fix um, for this life. A comfort in this life? Absolutely. Um, but it, it's, it's not a guarantee of health, wealth, or ease. Paul actually wrote in Philippians 3, I want to know Christ to know the power of his resurrection, but don't end there. We all want to know the power of Christ's resurrection. But then Paul goes on participating in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. In other words, this life is a blend of knowing uh, Gethsemane and Easter. It's a, it's a blend of Gethsemane, crucifixion. Uh, we're called to carry our cross. And so if you've received the gospel or if you're out there offering the gospel and it doesn't include the cross, then you're setting people up for um, disappointment. Um, 
you're serving them really poorly. In fact, you know, there are a lot of bloggers and authors and uh, speakers that are are hypercritical of churches that aren't offering the full gospel. They're not they're not talking about the sufferings that we'll have in this world. Um, so we just need to be careful there. It's a great question. The, the, and the good news is he'll never leave us or forsake us. He'll never let us down. And in fact, when we feel disappointed in Christ, we need to ask ourselves, well, did we believe in illusion? Illusion uh, always leads to disillusionment. And so when I find that I'm angry at God, it, it's because I believed a lie at some level. That's good. All right, next question. I find myself often struggling in my faith with the tension between God's desire to bless me and the need to persevere in my faith. How do I judge between the appropriateness of prayers and petition in an effort to gain something that I want and prayer for strength to go without and endure difficulty? So the person praying is praying for X, and they they come to a place where they're not quite sure, is this something God wants me to have because I'm not receiving it? Maybe I'm to actually be praying for endurance and strength in the difficult situation or in contentment and going without the thing that I actually want. And so I just, I think these are hard spots, to be honest with you. Um, so I'll just, I've got a couple thoughts on it. First, I would check your motives. When we go to God in prayer, uh, James says you don't have because you don't ask. So we want to be asking. And we go to God unashamedly. We're his children. We're finite in our understanding. And so when we go to God, we say, Heavenly Father, my, my Father, um, here's what I would like. The, this, is what, this is what I want to ask you for. And, uh, and then I would even have a dialogue. Is this something on your heart? Is this something you have for me? Because James goes on and says, when you ask... He says, you have not because you ask not. And when you ask, you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives. So the first thing we want to do is to check our motives in prayer. James goes on to say, you have the wrong motive, so you don't receive. You're asking so that you can spend what you get on your pleasures. And so I, it's important for us to check our motives in prayer. Is what we're asking for something that's selfish, uh, self-indulgent? Um, and we can talk with God about that. God, help me understand my motives in asking for this. Uh, is this something you want for me? So first, check your motives. Number two, renew your mind. Um, the listener who asked this question says, how do I discern the difference? And so the way we discern the difference between asking with wrong motives and, and, and then asking for things that God, you know, the way we discern whether or not we should be praying for for what we feel we want to pray for is to renew our mind. So check your motives. Are you asking that, that you might be self-indulgent uh, or selfish? And then renew your mind. We're able to better discern the will of God regarding our prayer requests as our minds are renewed. Paul writes, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. How do we renew our minds? We do it a couple ways. Uh, we got to be in God's Word. We, you know, the Word of God is the revealed uh, character, person of God. We get to know God as we're in His Word. Uh, we renew our mind as we're in fellowship, as we're hanging out with others. Iron sharpens iron. Uh, we renew our minds as we're in prayer, waiting before God, letting Him speak to us. We, re we renew our minds as we avoid corruption, uh, avoid participating in the patterns of the, wor the world. We need to 
turn off the, the bad input. So check your motives, renew your mind, and then persevere in prayer. If at the end of all this, after checking your motives and renewing your mind, you discern, I really think this is something God wants for me, then um, I think you need to persevere according to Luke 18, verses uh, <clears throat> 1 to 8. Um, Luke 18, in verse 8, he says, God hears us. He'll give us justice speedily. He'll respond. And then Jesus actually closes this teaching on the importance of persevering in prayer by, by asking the question, when he returns, will he find faith on the earth? In other words, will we continue to pray? Yeah, I think this is a great, uh, great question. You know, one of the things that um, uh, is helpful, has been helpful to me, and I know it's helpful to others, is to um, pray through and in um, with Scripture, using Scripture as you pray, but also in agreement with Scripture, using having Scripture be a guide for you, because clearly there's things that we can desire, want, pray, pray for that aren't that aren't in step with God's God's word, right? And you think of people, you know, um, it's really the low hanging fruit here, right? The name it and claim it you know, the stories of driving through a neighborhood and it's the most wealthy neighborhood and you see a house for sale and the couple gets out and they, they march around the house in prayer claiming that home for, for themselves, right? Which is a popular uh, story from a name it and claim it preacher. And then God delivered the house to them, you know. Um, nowhere in scripture does that mesh? <laughs> you know, well, like, my experience was a little different <laughs> yeah, right. in, in finding a house in Wheaton. <laughs> so you know, it's important to to use Scripture as a guide. Uh, there's plenty of prayers in Scripture um, that that can guide us. There's you know, Jesus taught us how to pray. Um, sometimes I think people get intimidated or they get in. To, to to trouble not trouble but struggle with am I praying the right things am I am I am I being selfish am I being you know overly needy um, there's prayer guides like the axe method right like it's how you set up your the last portion of that the supplication the asking God you know when you go through the the first parts of acts so a, a you know adoration confession thanksgiving and then you your supplication i find in my own life in you know prayer journaling and praying is that my supplications are really different when i end with them rather than when i start with them when, what i ask god for after i adore him for who he is and i confess that i'm a, a weak sinner and i'm nothing without him and i'm thanking him for his grace and love in my life when i get to the supplication part i'm like and now <laughs> I'd like to ask you for, you know, a seventh bite. Lord, yeah. Please. <laughs> yes. So anyway, I, I do think fellowship's important too. I mean, I've had seasons in my life where I, I wonder why I'm not receiving the answer that I want. And uh, if I bounce that off trusted advisors, they can give me some insight, you know, whether I need to give it up, Kelly, that's a selfish desire or persevere in prayer. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go to the final question. And it is kind of similar to question number two. Um, but question number four, your thoughts on accepting expert opinion are good, but don't experts often disagree? Sure, John was an expert on Jesus, but what do we do when John's expert opinion conflicts with other religious experts? 
Yeah, again, uh, I think this is a, a great question. And um, basically, it comes down to, you know, in third service, uh, Bob Thomas was there. Bob Thomas was a former Supreme Court Justice, Chief Justice of the state of Illinois, and I, I thought, darn it, I should have asked him about expert opinion in a court of law and how it's weighted. And, uh, because it's, you know, it's very common to get, for the, uh, the plaintiff's lawyer and the defense <laughs> lawyer to get an experts uh, on, in the same area saying two different things on the stand. And so at that point, you just have to weigh the merits of the expert's opinion and the weight of their testimony. And, uh, and I, I, again there, I think that uh, for any number of reasons, John's testimony holds up. Um, and of course, I don't have time in every sermon to present the weight of uh, the evidence for the resurrection. Uh, but for example, um, remember uh, suffering, and John suffered for his testimony that Christ had been raised, suffering for something you know isn't true, isn't something experts do. It rhymed. <laughs> suffering for something you know isn't true isn't something experts do. Doggone it. That's great. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> note to self. All right. Um, so John went on, you know, he was jailed, um, isolated, on, alone on an island, the island of Patmos, for his testimony. He suffered. And as you think about that, this means that John would have had to knowingly suffer bodily for something he knew was a complete lie. Um, and of course, crazy people do that, but we just don't, we don't see crazy in his writings. We see logical progression, well, um, well thought out arguments. And so he just, he doesn't, he doesn't present as a weak expert. One, his, his opinion seems to have real gravitas to it. It's also, and I'll just, I'll pair it real quick here, the reasons to believe that Jesus was raised. Um, remember, it's not just John saying he's raised. John is, is also saying what Jesus said. In other words, John's testimony is weighty in and of itself, but it is corroborated by any number of other witnesses who also suffered including Jesus. Jesus said he would be raised from the grave. He compared it to, in John chapter 2, the destruction of the temple. He said, I'll, you destroy this temple, I'll raise it back up in three days. They didn't understand he was, what he was saying, but he was making reference to his own death and his resurrection. Then he said, the sign that will be given to this generation is the sign of Jonah. Uh, Jonah, three days in the belly of the great fish. He was saying that that's the sign. You're going to see me three days in the ground. So, it's not just John's testimony. It's John's testimony on the heels of Jesus' testimony that he was going to be raised. Uh, in fact, the angels, I think it's in Matthew's account, saying he's not here just as he said he wouldn't be here. Just as he said he's, he'd be raised, he's not here anymore. And so Jesus said he'd be raised. Jesus went on to suffer for that testimony. Uh, Jesus showed himself to John. John went on to suffer that testimony. Uh, and so there's just a, it's just a lot of good reason to believe, even in the face of contradictory opinion out there. And as we weigh the expert opinions, um, I, I think the New Testament authors come out ahead here every time. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I just had a, I mean, to talk about your mechanic, uh, I think the, the mechanic example is... 
is pretty spot on. Like I just had the last two weeks just dealing with car stuff and, you know, got two experts, right? One expert is a bigger place with a lot of overhead and a lot of employees and probably a couple salaries and, you know, and that place says you need a new radiator. You've got a leak going on. You need a new radiator, new hoses. It's going to be about three fifty, four hundred dollars, whatever. Okay. So then I go to the other expert, who works out of his garage, has no overhead, has no other employees, just him. And he looks at it and he says, "Dude, all you need is this like O clamp thing. I'll just put one on for you. You know, it's like ten bucks, whatever." I was like, well, "I don't need a new radiator." He's like, "No, this will be fine for a long time." It's like they weren't. I wouldn't say the other. I wouldn't say the the body shop or the you know the the auto shop was lying to me. They just that's probably was kind of how they roll. What they do. Well, if we're going to get your car up on the lift, we're going to do this and yeah. fix the whole job, and then you don't you know. I guess I don't know. But. So your point is you're weighing expert testimony here, yeah. perceivable expert testimony. I, I am, and I'm also thinking about like okay, what motivates m- motivate motivations, yeah. right? Like yeah. these guys have a lot more to take care of than this one guy in his garage. Yeah. Know? And then, you know, you also have to think about, like, you know, well... Okay, Risk-reward. Risk-reward. It's like, okay, well, there's more people watching this job happen yeah. than this one over here. So, anyway. Yeah. But the, the New Testament authors seem very credible. And when you start thinking about their motivations, it's hard to come up with, with especially as you talk about with all of the things that they suffered, it's hard to, like, you don't, you're not motivated by... Hey, I'm going to go suffer. That's a big motivation of mine. That's like, it doesn't really happen. So, mm-hmm. well, that was a fast podcast. If that's it, yeah, we missed Beth. Clearly, Beth carries the day around here. We miss Beth. She'll, hopefully, she'll be back next week. Yep. We were talking about doing a push-up challenge. We could do that. <laughs> On the podcast, and uh, John could uh, just vi- you know you could just videotape it. You could do the video color commentary. It. You could give us some color Kelly, commentary. Kelly, do, do you need the, the defibrillator? Kelly, are you okay? Uh, hey, Kirk, can we get the uh, AED on standby here? Uh, what's what's on? Uh, Is the it a dock? bucket push-up? Yeah. What's on the docket for next week? We're ending Holy so Holy Week, and then your extension of the uh, Holy well, Week. This week, I'm Are we going to do a third Easter sermon? No. Okay. I got to say, that was a little hard to get up for. Really? Yes. So much goes into Easter. And, you know, to be fair, we, we should celebrate the resurrection every Sunday, and we talk about that, right? But yeah. so much, like, emotional, at least just for me, so much emotional energy goes yeah. into this one day. Yeah. Then it's like, oh, and then here comes the next one. And then, you know, one of your key players is like, yeah, I'm a close contact. And you're like, oh. It would have been and fun then, to have... Was Jim Brown supposed to yeah. say on the piano? Yeah. Yeah, Man, yeah, yeah, She can make it jump. I know, I know. But yeah, just emotionally, it was hard to like, let's celebrate again in the same way. It's so hard. We're going to finish up Luke by May. So we have some... Um, some by May. Yeah, by May. And then <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll do something completely new. I hear we're going to be in the book of Colossians this summer. So um, I think what will we do? It'll be about... I think 20 months, I need to go back and look in the book of Luke. It's been good work for me. and Not 33,000 weeks or whatever. Well, <laughs> one new member in an interview apparently said that... Uh, We've been in Luke for 33,000 weeks. <laughs> Which is awesome. They became members, then they left the church, and then they, they came, came back. back. And, and we're we were still in the book of Luke. 
Hey, more importantly, today I'm going to plant my potatoes. How are y'all's gardens? He doesn't know what he's preaching on. <laughs> clearly, we, I'm preaching clearly, on I, clearly, I caught him off guard. But he does know how many rows of potatoes he's putting in. <laughs> our garden is—it's in our living room right now, and it's looking yeah. good. Did you put up a greenhouse, John? Uh, we have one. We won't put it up now because you can grow outside now. Okay. So, all right. You feel you feel good about being outside? Was, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. A we little bit of plastic, you'll be good to go. Yeah, Every year, Kelly's the first one, so I usually <laughs> wait. <laughs> to Kelly's lost I'm all not his exact, plants. Yeah, I'm not exactly. <laughs> oh, we replanted again. <laughs> so you could have gone and bought potatoes at the store. <laughs> a bag of potatoes a, is only like two fifty For a third of the cost <laughs> and the watering and all that. No, we'll, uh, I'm not exactly sure what we're going to do. but Gardening Carrie, is like my therapy. It's cheaper Carrie's, than seeing a counselor. It was Carrie's uh, birthday, and so she got a... That's cool little backyard greenhouse for her birthday. I think it'll primarily be like flowers. She likes to grow flowers and stuff like that. So Should we sign off? Should we be done with this? Probably. Yeah, we should be done. We should have been done. <laughs> That's all the questions I we would have. think five minutes ago. But, but if you we'll, have any further questions, comments, or concerns, don't hesitate. Text Max Low Podcast 630-474-6164. Our podcast is dedicated to answering listener questions on two levels, answering specific questions about last Sunday's sermon, and also general questions regarding broader topics within the Christian faith. We love God and believe Scripture is a primary means for our getting to know Him, and our hope is that this podcast extends the learning opportunity for all who want to know God better, strengthening not only your faith, but my faith and our faith together. Thank you for joining us, and thank you, listeners, for tuning in to the next level. Boom! Prophecy.